Hey, what's up, everybody? This is just a quick note to let you know that y'all are tuning into part two of Kirk Winstein's interview. If you haven't heard part one, stop right here, bag it up, and go check that out first. It'll bring you up to speed on what we're about to talk about now. And if you have, I want to thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy part two. Thank you. Join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. And like one of my biggest, uh, I guess my philosophy on it all is leave your ego at the door. Ain't nobody impressed by your ego, you know. And surround yourself with talented people, and you usually end up with a great result. Mm-hmm. But the part of leaving your ego at the door is also a part of learning how to to uh, feed off the chemistry of the other guys you're jamming with, whatever band it might be in, or even doing a solo project. The first solo record was really me and Dwayne. This one is me, Dwayne, and Vinny. Uh-huh. And... um. You know, I would literally go on tour and come back and, you know, there's, you'll see it when it comes out, but writing credit-wise, you know, Vinny'd be like, yeah, so uh, while you're on tour, I kind of changed up this part here, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, "It's I love it. It's better than what I had, you know? Uh, yeah. I think that, and that's the part of like, you leave your ego at the, at the door, man, you know, if you want to get if you know it can't be all about it can't be me 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 or you know whatever you you want to do it you know like the old there's there's no i in the word team you know teamwork but it's true if you're gonna get you know like i'm I'm learning i mean i already know how to bounce ideas off of my guys with crowbar obviously and i know how to bounce ideas off of the guys and down obviously but now i'm learning to bounce ideas off of I already know how to do it with Big Todd, but now doing it with Kenny and with Johnny, uh, the four of us together in the room with everybody thinking uh, and everybody just, at the end of the day, we just want the best result, the best song, the best result, the best riffs, the best song, the best melodies, whatever it is. That's what we want to come up that, you know, and I think the, the thing that, and maybe some people, you know, wake up and they work on something all day, that's a maybe a technical piece and at the end of the when they lay their head down to go to bed they're like you know what i nailed that thing and i'm so proud of myself and i'm happy i did it and i I understand it and my analogy or or my version of that same thing would be it's the same it's the same thing i come in to the studio in the morning and this song doesn't exist and then when i lay my head down to go to bed at night uh, I'm like, wow, a killer song that didn't exist when I woke up this morning is now here forever. Yeah. And I'm laying down to go to bed tonight. And yeah, that's what kind of gets me, keeps me still excited, keeps me creative, keeps me motivated. Sure. Is that part, just like someone from the, I, I would say it's an opposite uh, personality of a, of a guitar player person who's, who nailed that, you know, Yngwie riff that he's been working on for fucking two months and actually did it perfect, you know, and that's what his goal was to do. And I get it, man. That's great. You know, like I said, whatever keeps your juices flowing and makes you smile at the end of the day and feel proud of your accomplishments. I'm just different. I'm like a lot of other people. Really, I'm like the guys that I play with in all of these bands who are all, we all think more the same. It's more about... Um, even with Jamie Josta doing the Kingdom of Sorrow and stuff, it's more about, you know, we're working together to create the best song we can create that day. And really, 
you know, um, it's the same thing with that. You know, we go in to the studio and there's nothing there, and then we leave, and there's a song there. Yeah. You know. And do you do you ever revisit that song the next day and think it sucks? Has it ever happened to you? Yeah. I, what <laughs> I what I do is um, try try not to overthink because usually your first instinct, your first idea, now you can improve on it. Yeah. And like me using like Vinny as an example on something that I wrote. And then letting him, you know, without me even knowing, but I'm like, you know what? Let me think about this for real. Because he's like, look, man, you know, it, it, it's it, your solo, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but dude, the riff sounds better now. Yeah. So it's a win, win, win. You know, yeah. All I want is the best fucking song and the best riff I can come out with. Yeah. You I know, think, and, uh, and, the, and the, at the end of the day, that's what's what's important to me which of course you know not you don't want to be um uh, some fucking word you know you don't want to be egotistical it shouldn't be about me but at the end of the day if somebody's gonna spend their money to come see me play or, or with any of my bands or, or any you know all of us guys that shouldn't be talking about me but you know what i'm saying or if somebody's gonna buy a record that i'm on and i helped write you know, I want them. I want them to have the best product they can get. For sure, yeah. You know, I don't want them to waste their hard-earned money on on something that's not a hundred percent. You know, yeah. And you know that that's kind of that's kind of like my whole philosophy is the more you, you get involved with people who are talented, you know, that then it and everybody comes from a different school. It's so weird. Of all of the. You know, of of the, of the down and the crowbar, and now the I am of the kingdom of sorrow of my solo stuff. It's five projects. None of them sound the same, but there's elements of me and all of them I and all the other say, guys. Yeah, yeah. Because I've I've brought it up before. People follow you like that because I do it with you know different genres. I'll be able to pick out who's playing the keys on that album, who's playing. Whatever you you hear it yeah. even amongst the ensembles, you hear that person's signature. Whatever it might be, could have been a stutter on the keys, man, nothing. Yeah. And you're like, that's that cat. And then you sure enough, you go look, and it's them. You put a bit of you in each one of those things, just like they are. And it's funny that you mentioned that uh, a lot of the guys that you're working with now come from different schools. So you said, um, and I, I guess that would mean influence-wise and, and I guess, techno, technical aspect? Well, I'm, I think it's more like the whole approach as a kid to picking up an instrument, you know? Like, uh, I mean, like, none of the guys I play with really are uh, what I would consider, like, they're technical in the sense that their musical knowledge of theory and and yeah. uh, certain scales, chord progressions and whatnot are a lot more than what I have. But, you know, I'm no different than, than at the end of the day, we're all the same. You know, we're just trying, we're all, we all have similar influences, but we all have our own okay. styles, our own so writing that's styles. So they, they, they come from different styles. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I think that you could stick me in fucking uh, the UK or, or fucking Germany or something right now and put me in a room with guys who are influenced with the same shit that I am. Mm -hmm. And if we get along as people and we all and we have the same goals and the same attitude toward writing, I think that if we have the same, if we're listening because the chemistry is hard to come by it's just like your marriage or something you know sure it has to, and you have to work on it but if it's not there it's not there so you and know. everything else and now. that's the same thing like you can't like you get even as a kid you know I'd, I'd see these i'd buy these albums from guys that i really loved that were musicians that would collaborate and do one album or something together and it's really not that good you know yeah because it, they, these guys might be friends and you know they have big names, but I don't think that maybe the, you know the the musical chemistry was there. But it's like you know I wouldn't be in any any project. Obviously, I don't do it for money. You know, it's, I mean I wouldn't have to do five fucking things to make a living. But um, you know I I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't enjoy it, if I didn't think the end result was great, and if I didn't feel 
excited when I wake up in the morning to go get in the room with these guys and yeah. and bounce ideas off of one another and and feed off of each other's different you know like it's no different than uh, uh, maybe this is a bad analogy but say you know. You got your recipe for seafood gumbo, and I got my recipe for seafood gumbo. Yeah. But what at one time we we shared it and we combined them, you know? Uh -huh. and, and then we came out and we said, I think it works better when I take this from you and you take this from me. Yeah. And we got a better end product with the, you know? And that's maybe a little silly or stupid, but it's really not. It's like, you know, you feed off of one another and you and each guy's. You know, you you take the the ideas, and they do the same to me. You know, they're taking ideas that I come up with that they think are good. Like I like that. You know, that thing's cool. Let's go they're somewhere an, with that. I was going to bring that up. Uh, they're an influence on you. It's not just you coming with Kirk's style. Sometimes they bring things out of Kirk that maybe Kirk had set aside a long time ago or I never like, even was just an afterthought uh, never even really a bridge that I never crossed yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. and that's that's the truth it's like you know I take things from them and apply it to the way I would have did this riff and maybe twist the, yeah, it up yeah. you know like with Josta a lot of stuff on on the first mainly on the first uh, kingdom but on because uh, on the second uh uh, Charlie Belmore got very involved with the writing too. Not not as as quite as much, but I got a feeling if we do another one, he will be. He's the other guitar player, and he's a brilliant guitarist and songwriter, and a great guy too. But um, you know, like Josta would have something, and he'd go, "All right, Kirkify it," you know. <laughs> but he would come up with the initial idea. Yeah. And uh, you know, but it wouldn't have came out like it would have came come out completely differently. If just if he would have just kept it the way it was originally, yeah, and that's what you need to do is if everybody's got something, you need to take the positive things that the people have to offer, not just uh, personally or or you know I mean to me it's a spiritual uh, thing anyway when you're yeah. creating something that's magic you know, but not just those things but the musically you take. You know, you take the things from from each other, and that's why it's a it's a thing where you know people go, oh, you know, when this when a certain band had this lineup, you know, that's my favorite lineup, and everybody's entitled to their own opinions on stuff. But I think it's it's more of of like I like my thing is I don't want to be. I mean, I do a, I do solo records, and yeah, I'm the main guy, you know, for sure, but. Um, I like being in bands, and I think I think that that's and even if you just take just don't even mention the solo uh, record, and you talk about Crowbar Down, I Am, and Kingdom of Sorrow, it's four completely different bands. But you know, I enjoy writing with all these guys and sure. all of these bands, yeah. and that's that's the fun part to me is you know, and you don't want to get yourself. There's a real fine line you got to walk, you know, but between even especially with Crowbar being the founding member and on some records, I'm the only guy that wrote anything on a lot of them there actually, you know, and it's like, but I don't want it to be that way. You know, I got a great, great uh, chemistry with the guys in Crowbar now and have been with me, you know, Tommy Buckley, it's gone on 20 years. Matt Bryson's right. been with me a long fucking time. We don't know the exact year, but he's been with me a long time. And Shane has now gone on six years. And, you know, it's like, um, you know, we have a great chemistry. And although I'm, because I'm the vocalist and basically song arranger, I guess, at the end of the day, and the uh, founding member or whatever, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, technically, I get the final say-so. But I wouldn't want to do, and I've done it in the past, I wouldn't want to just have to write a crowbar record by myself and go show it to these guys and then rehearse it and go record it. I want them to, I want their influence. Sure. Because it makes it a little different, but very few bands that I love can make the second, the same record over and over and over again. And Not I even still if love they it. try. No. Right. They, you know. they, sometimes they, they, uh, 
they screwed themselves by trying to chase that that first high when they made the charts with the, that album. They try to recreate it, and you can go listen to this, the album after that, and track three sounds like track two on the other album that exactly. was their hit. And I hate when I hear that. I hate being able to listen to something. It's not that I have high hopes for them or anything, but I hate being able to listen to a follow-up album where I can tell that's what they were doing because I feel like it's such a waste of time. It's, yeah, and I mean, you know... It's a shame to see them resolve or resort to that. Do you see what I'm saying? That they, absolutely. They wanted it to hit the radio again. They didn't want to make something original like you were talking about, and it kind of bugs me. And I mean, it's easy to... You know, there, there's all of these fine lines that you got to walk, and there's all of these little egg, you know, you're walking on eggshells with different things. I mean, at least playing technically what is considered underground music, you don't have the same problles as bands that, that have commercial success and radio yeah, you don't have singles to cater and to stuff that like audience. that. Right, because, you know, for us, we can do whatever the fuck we want, and we just got to hope that our fan base is is uh open-minded enough to accept that we don't want to make the same exact shit that we did 30 years ago you know yeah well i mean i think that's proven 20 plus years and, and shit with 20 plus years i think you you kind of recruit <laughs> at that point you know your audience is, starts to become well familiar with you as you're because this is interesting too to me people that stay uh in music successfully for um an extended period of time we as the fans get to watch the evolution happen yeah um go listen to your first album it's not going to sound like your last album and in between the same goes for that and there's a reason for it for better or worse but you actually are able to watch someone mature as a human being sonically throughout a decade what's worked so well for crowbar that they've been together this long what is it is it the chemistry that you're talking about yeah i mean you know we've gone through a lot of band members but like i say you know people don't realize thankfully i mean matt to my knowledge what happened is in 2006 uh down became all of our main band Mm -hmm. so crowbar did very little you know, but Matt was in the band in 2006, and it's going on fucking 2024. Tommy was in the band in 2004, so that's 20 years, and Matt's going on fucking 18 years. It's just we didn't do anything. You know, I put out a record in, I think, 2005 called uh, Life's Blood with Downtrodden, and Rex Brown played bass on it and co-produced because I was in Down with him, and Craig Nunemacher, who played on the first three crowbar records um played drums on it and um but i wrote you know all the riffs and shit and and uh it that came out in 2005 it was actually recorded in 2003 and it kind of just sat on it for a while but there was such a long period of time where it was all everything was down 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 sure and crowbar would go do a tour here and there and whatever but, um, you know, now things have come full circle and it's back to the way I guess it was meant to be, which is down is really a side project again. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I have these other side projects, which to me just make me happy. You know, the, the, sure. more, the more you do, you know, it's like, you know, you everybody's got a favorite meal, but do you really want to eat the same meal every fucking night? I mean, it's an interesting analogy because I, I never felt like down was the main course I always felt like it was a collaborative uh that wasn't ever meant to be your own it was it wasn't meant to be a full-time band right right, right. and that's the thing is it became a full-time band in 2006 2007 8 9 you know whatever and then uh you know I mean now that I'm back in it it's like I mean obviously with what Phil's got going on right now you know He's extremely busy and 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 doing doing amazing with it and yeah. you know I think that that's you know honestly that's just an amazing thing that they're able to accomplish what they're doing and we played with Pantera in Poland and uh, it was a fucking amazing dude it really was but you know obviously he's busy with that but you know um, we're about to start writing new down shit and cool. it's like that's just what I do you know like I was doing that. Uh, zoom interview thing earlier today and i was telling telling the uh 
the journalist guy, uh, Dustin, you know, uh, I said, I said, all the machines are always turned on and running, you know, regardless of which sure. one it is. So there's always creativity going on. There's always songs and riffs being written and, you know, whatever. And that's that's the way that I, I like it. I just like to, to I mean, I love, like, I, you know, we, we were talking just before the interview about how we really don't go out and socialize and shit yeah. any, anymore as, as people, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm like that big time now. I get a lot more out of coming to this fucking place at 1030 in the morning. Um, I'm like getting up early, going to the gym, taking a shower, you know, eating something healthy and coming here at fucking 1030 in the morning and creating great music than I do sitting yeah. in the fucking ballroom. Yeah. Now, if you would have told me... 10, 15 years ago that I would be telling you this right now, I'd say, you fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, I feel like to the socialite, uh, you know, being around society is a necessity. And to the creative, it isn't. Being well, creative is what's a necessity to the creative. And you can't really be, you don't have as many opportunities to be creative when you're in society, if that makes any no, sense, it, like it in real, does. you have to go somewhere that's conducive to creative, to being creative, yep. and you have to surround yourself with people that are uh, of the same ilk that they want to work hard and of the same mindset that they want to create, and you like you have to make the environment around you let your creativity come out, and that's yep. not going to be a ballroom, that's not going to be a sporting event, it's not going to be a parade, it's going to be. And you're not going to do your best work if you're all fucked up. So, I mean... It, yeah, believe me, I found, found that out. <laughs> and it used to work, and that's the thing. That's kind of like a joke amongst a lot of guys who used to party really hard. And then it's like, we used to be able to get away with it, man. It just it doesn't work anymore. Get away with it? I mean, well, it's I mean, not your best. No, you know? but I mean, you know, sometimes I'm looking at... At, at footage that's old and I'm like God we were all fucked up but damn we're tight you know no shit okay you know and I mean even time. stuff yeah. you know I mean up until like the Crowbar Sever the Wicked Hand record every other record I've ever sang on you know I was drinking sometimes doing other shit too while I was you know which is really bad for your throat but you know but what you hear on a record is a product of that but just you know something went off in my head and i'm like why don't you just drink some fucking hot tea or you know some room temperature water it's probably a lot better for you <laughs> and Dwayne will tell you like we tried a few things on uh you know just here and there where i maybe that day i said you know what i'm i'm gonna drink and i know i got the studio i'll just get robin to drop me off and i'll come in and I, and we always go back and fix it but like sometimes like during during doing the the solo record, uh, you know, Vinny and and Dwayne are like, I'll give you this. If you wouldn't have been, and believe me, I'm not one. I've never been one of those guys that's like, oh, you need to take drugs and do out, you know, drink alcohol and all this to bring out your creative bullshit. I'm more creative taking a shit with my fucking guitar at fucking <laughs> six o'clock in the morning than I am yeah. uh, drunk trying to or on fucking pills and acid or some shit trying to, you know, man. It, it's just I, I've never been that way. People are like, well, you know, when do you like to write? I'm like, anytime. But my, you know, I could write the heaviest riff I've ever written sitting on a beach at fucking three in the afternoon stone cold sober yeah i don't need black candles and fucking rain and thunderstorms <laughs> and all that shit to write heavy riffs yeah you, you say that but i mean uh to each his own because i mean how many awesome songs have been written oh, on the heels true. on the heels of a, a, a love gone horribly wrong or something very, you know I mean? very like, true i mean because things become your muse and you know just, sure you know in That's general funny. like a lot of people are like a lot of old school fans, not a lot, but there's a few in particular, and they some of these guys know who they are, but they're like, you know, uh, you're too positive now, and I'm like, well, I don't want to be negative. Maybe my life was negative back then, you know. <laughs> Maybe I really was kind of depressed. Maybe I really was abusing this and that and whatnot. And I, maybe I don't want to be that guy anymore, yeah. you know, because it's my life to live at the end of the day. Sure. So you know, uh, but I, you know, I. I you know, going back to the one which started this, this where we're headed right now with it, was, you know, Vinny and, and, and Dwayne would be like, you come up with some great ideas that you would not have come up with. But 
if if I'm drinking on that gotcha. day or something, which is not. It's very few and far between. But um, uh, let's keep that idea, but we need a great take, you know, so... You know, when you come in, you know, to you know, at the end of the day, to fucking kind of uh, re regenerate, you know, yeah. and come back in and and, and re sing it, um, you know, and then take that idea that I kind of just came up with because I didn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. but do a way better performance of it. Yeah, you know, and just be tighter. Exactly, and you know, a better pitch and whatever it might be. Yeah, but I mean, I get what they're saying, but the, just the older I get. The more I get away from that thought of, even though probably some of my favorite albums of all time, you know, but then again, you think stuff like that and then you start to read stuff and read and see interviews and documentaries and things on bands. Like you wonder how a band like, you know, how Fleetwood Mac could make the Rumors album while people are on so much cocaine yeah. People, marriages are falling apart. Relationships are falling apart. They're all fucking each yeah, other. The irony, man. It was the inspiration for some of the materials during the course of that album because they were yeah. talking about each other. Yeah, and that's the truth. I think that something went on with that camera. Yeah, fuck that camera. Okay, this man, one's going. We're good. But um, but you know, you you wonder like, like you know, how did how did such an amazing record come out of that? And but then when you see a lot of documentaries, you realize that um. A lot of the partying was really on tour. Yeah. You know, once the work was done. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. And but okay. now you get then you come to the bridge you gotta cross with which is, okay, so I'm on tour, but I really don't want to party anymore. I wanna drink beer because I love it. Yeah. But then, you know, you start to like you know, you wanna perform the best you can and you want to like for me now, I'm just at a point in my life where I have no choice but to to watch my health, you know. Sure. Um, so things like that start to become more important than the party. And I think that's why, you know, my wife and I, when we first got together 11 years ago, um, we used to go out a lot and we talk about it. And she's like, sometimes I miss it. And I'm like, me too. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, I really don't. I'd rather be in bed watching Netflix and Hulu at fucking 7 yeah, o'clock at night after a great workout, a good day of clean eating, a productive day of housework sure. and errand running and all this kind of shit. And yeah. then I feel like, you know what? Do I deserve to go, you know, grab me a 12-pack of fucking Coors Light? You're damn right. I, I got a lot done today, but you got a stay, lot you to do keep tomorrow, too. on that front, too, you know? Yeah, I got a lot to do tomorrow, and it's going to fuck up tomorrow's productivity. Yeah, so. man, I know. I was blessed with uh, a great liver, I guess, because most of the time, nine times out of ten, I don't I don't get a hangover. I could stay up drinking with you till like, let's say, three o'clock in the morning. As long as I get about five, six hours... I might wake up with a little bit of buzz, but I'm not gonna get the the hangover or the headache or shit like that. Yeah. So I don't get like the old, the the old fashioned hangover anymore, like I did when I was really young. Yeah, you know, like just a, uh, I don't get it. But we go out so seldom now, and we drink. I guess if you want to call it like heavily or something, you know, where we Uber out and we just say, you know what, we're just going to let loose and have fun tonight. Sure, we do it so seldom that. You do feel like shit because I guess your tolerance got more, yeah, less tolerance, is, more yeah, of an impact. And, you know, you're trying to keep up with, with what you were doing years ago, and your body's trying to tell you, motherfucker, yeah, it ain't like happen, it used to man. be, bro. You know, I wanted to ask you. The crowbar has always been your vessel for yourself, because, you, like you pointed out, you do a lot of the writing. Is that how you view it? Crowbar is a vessel for your writing in other words yeah i mean it, it is i mean like i you know i, I realize it's not just you right contributing well, but i'm saying that a lot in of your mind is that how it's felt? don't realize is that i and i want them to know is that it's not just me right but yeah but it is my main it's my main it's my baby at the end of the day it's a thing that i you know and i always throw jimmy in because we really started you know the, the the idea and the sound of of what uh, Crowbar became. Yeah, we started together, and then with Todd shortly thereafter. So even with Todd as well, you know, the three of us we were a three piece for a long time, and then when Jimmy left, 
the band the, with the when he left the slugs to go to um atlanta because his mom moved there uh-huh. for for a job and he wanted he was he always lived with his mother and helped her out with bills and things like that which i you know i totally respect and i get it so when he did you know um the band kind of almost fell apart and then or it did really fall apart and then i got a phone call at this little independent label once to um put a put out Green outside crowbar and put out a record. This would be for Obedience Who Suffered, our first record that came out. This is like 1990, I guess, uh, or very early 91. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jimmy was in in the Atlanta area, and I'm like, well, he. So we actually went to go talk to Craig Nunemacher because I'm friends with a well, his older older brother Stevie from Lillian Axe and uh. And it was one of his younger sisters. They have a very big family. But, uh, um, you know, now she, she just married our crowbar's drummer, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Stacy did. Nunamaka. So now she's Stacy Buckley. Uh, and congratulations. Congratulations <laughs> again, y'all. But, uh, but you know, I, I knew how good of a drummer Craig was. So we went to go talk to him. And me, me and Todd did. It was just me and Todd. And um, Kevin Noonan, who's an amazing guitar player, who had played... In the slugs, on and off, and played with me and Victorian Blitz for a while. Was mm-hmm. playing guitar in the band that Craig was playing in, and it might have been the Moon Crickets or something. And um, so we talked to Craig a little bit, and then we said, "Man, why don't we get some beer and come by my apartment?" And so Kevin came along too, and it was I was like, "You know what? As much as I'm into, you know, Melvins and and." Sabbath and all that. I'm I'm totally in the Thin Lizzy and uh, in trouble, you know, and in bands that just have amazing two guitar harmony stuff. Okay. And so we we got we went to get try to get Craig, and we ended up with Craig and Kevin, which really was a great blessing in disguise because uh, it turned Crowbar into a very uh, harmony guitar driven band. Gotcha. And it would not sound like I could never do it with just me. There's too many. the The harmonies are too important to the sure sound of the band and and the and the songwriting. But the meeting wasn't for that. What was the meeting no, for? To the get me- to tell Craig like, I'd really like you to play drums in this band because we have a record deal because and we you have got no a call. band. Okay, so the call was <clears throat> the genesis for the meeting to exactly. decide the new direction. Or decide what the band right to, like. Can we progress? get Craig? And then when yeah. I'm like, well, Kevin, you might as well. You want to come too? You know, I mean, yeah. we always got along. Still great friends with Kevin. Haven't talked to Craig in a while, but <clears throat> you know, uh, still great friends with, with Kevin Noonan. We see each other a lot and keep in touch a lot. You know, and uh, and he's a he's a uh, brilliant uh, musician. But um, so it was kind of like, well, it's kind of a obvious. Let's just get Kevin too. You know, and and, yeah. and he, he did it for a good while and just kind of you know uh lost interest in, in what we were doing really but you know whenever i get whenever we do something new here i send it to him you know and he's always that's cool i'll send him a file and yeah. he knows you know not to share and he's like man i love what you're doing and you know it, it's strange how life is man but but yeah you know crowbar is definitely a vessel for me like uh i would i think that was the first thing that i've done that you know that came out on a label on a cd or whatever you know on a a format of any type that was the first thing i've ever i've ever done and i can't imagine life without it you know um and that doesn't have to be life without it that's the one thing you know i mean i'll say i am to crowbar not i am the band but uh I am to crowbar, you know, what, like, say, Lemmy was to Motorhead or something. Like, yeah, I get it. I get you it. You really can't have the crowbar without me. Excuse me. And that's not egotistical at all. It's just it's just the truth. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's you know, like, I feel... It's a home base. I, I, I feel like when I read Lemmy's book, um, I feel like there's a lot of parallels where he's like, you know, there's, on more than one occasion... I've been the only member of Motorhead, but it never broke up. And I'm saying <laughs> thing on more than one occasion. Yeah. I've been the only member of Crowbar, but it's never broken up. Sure. It's just like, okay, you know, uh, this guy's not interested in doing it anymore. This guy didn't work out, whatever. Yeah. But 
we gotta, you know, gotta stay on the hunt. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, what's up, everybody? Normally in the middle of podcasts, they give you a bunch of advertisements. But on the NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast, we like to shout out our members. I'm going to throw these guys at you today. Their name is Branded for Exile. Now, this isn't Deja Vu. We've featured them before. But they just dropped an album, and I'm hoping to steer some of our metalheads their way. Quick rundown of their lineup. We've got Shannon Gilead on vocals, Cody DeRuin and Blake Cage on guitar, Scott Hood on bass, and Zach LeBlanc on drums. And these guys are tight. They're out of Gonzales, Louisiana, which is great, man. We've got several Louisiana bands that are members from out that way. You'll notice influences of Anthrax, Exhorter, and Slayer in their music. They're all over streaming and social by name, branded for exile. Their latest album release, Born in the Flames, just dropped on Halloween of 23. I'm going to play you a track off that album that's getting a lot of spins lately. This one is called Numbered Days. Hey, check it out, you check it out, you check it out, you check it out. I try, try to give it all I can, but I just can't believe happiness to grow my hands. Some things are meant to be like this ass in the hourglass. Those things just fall away. Yes, it is coming fast. I'm living not And now back to our show. I gotta ask though, so so why do why do a solo? That's basically why I was asking you if, uh, about the identity of Crowbar and you and and you know it's you a vessel. If if Crowbar is the vessel for Kirk's expression, main main expression, then why why do the so like how does that come about? Because it's the solo record stuff is so much. It sounds like me, but uh, it's so much different. There's there's no rules with there's no rules with Crowbar any longer either. We just do what the fuck we want to do as long as it's heavy and we just try to make the best songs we can. But um, with uh, with the solo stuff, it's a different side of my personality. Okay, writing writing and from I take different influence you know different influences go into because on any given day if i'm listening to music i can go from you know black sabbath to fucking earth wind and fire to uh to uh seals and Croft, you know to fucking typo negative or carnivore to, right to uh you know fucking lords of the new church or sisters of mercy or something anything man it can be fucking anything david bowie fucking you know, old Kiss, any any fucking thing, dude. ACDC, you know, just rock and roll. Uh, UFO, if I want to hear Michael Shanker. You know, Gary Moore. I've got so many different influences and so many different styles of music that I grew up on and that I'll listen to to this day. Um, where, you know, it's it's not... If my wife and I go out and I'm playing the jukebox, you know... I'll I'll play everything from England Dan and John Ford Coley and Steely Dan to fucking uh, Priest and Saxon and you know yeah. uh, Dio and you know whatever a Deep Purple whatever I want to do man I, I, it's all great music you know and, and even more lately I've been a lot more into the Beatles um, um, and just you know there's so many things out there that the solo record is it's songs that could never be on a crowbar record but okay. it's still my stuff you know yeah. so it's a different side of my songwriting personality any any project that you've contributed to is always that's kind of been the case is it yeah but i mean when when something like the solo record is is more especially the first solo record you know was is is so much more of just me on the on the first one for sure um, yeah i guess i get that you know like, and and it's a, a totally expression. different style of music like, i was really nervous to release it like are people going to uh hate it because it's not heavy because it's not crowbar or are they going to get the idea of what i set out to do which is to just express a different side of my writing personality that's, and my influences. That's difficult. You can't, you'll have yeah. no way of knowing until it's too late. <laughs> well, exactly. So it's the yeah. same thing where, 
But I think it. I think you get that. Not not that you think the worst. You just it's it's a natural human instinct to go. Oh God, I did something different on here. You know what are they gonna think? Like I was nervous with the IM stuff. Like it doesn't sound like typo and crowbar. You know, or down or whatever. Are people gonna dig it? Yeah. And so far they really love they love it. You know, and I'm like that's great because I want them to get that we're trying to do something different. We're not trying to recreate or rehash stuff that we've already done. And you know accomplished. what? You've mission accomplished. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about i am um and mainly put my two cents in there because i feel like it's a it's a distinct departure from anything you've ever done so mission accomplished on that front awesome thanks um man. it's funny because i was trying to think of i don't really necessarily prepare for any of these trying to think to myself you know how would i describe what you've got you got two songs out right now right uh how would i describe the difference between I am and crowbar to you, you know, and it's it's not easy because you could say, well, this is a little lighter, but it's still heavy, which is funny, and it's it kind of reminds me of Soundgarden because of how lush the soundscape is, and I I don't feel like I don't feel like um, how would you put it? I guess like a little bit of acid rock stoner metal vibe like it, it i guess those L, i don't know what tells me it's lighter than crowbar do you see what i'm saying but it's still heavy i don't With, know how to like sonically see there's different to me heavy is emotion so like okay. to me uh one of the heaviest black sabbath songs is solitude mm -hmm. you know and it's just a little two chord fuck with the not, fucking yeah, flute. It's not involved. Sonically it's not heavy at all. It's fucking clean guitar and you know, flute and Yeah. You know, but it the it's the mood is Okay. The the emotions and, and the mood the mood like like to me, heavy is not just volume, distortion, whatever. It's 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 emotion, you know. Yeah. So like um and that's that's my interpretation of music and what I love about music. So, um, it's like with I am, it's sonically, which it was an intentional thing. We're not trying to, you know, be the loudest, uh, heaviest. Like for, for one thing, we don't we don't drop tune down at all. I mean, we tune to E standard, four forty or A, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever's the technical term I call it, E standard. And we drop D on, on, on a couple of songs, but we don't sonically and tuning wise, we don't go down into like the B and drop A like Crowbar does and okay. typo negative, which is where I stole the B tuning from like Carnivore <laughs> to begin with anyway. So. You're here first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've all, I've always, I've never backed down from, and, oh, and okay. you know, even like, uh, you know, Melvin's and stuff. I mean, Buzz would do a lot of, King Buzzo did a lot of, Stuff that was that was dropped dropped down a lot way before, you know, people started playing seven strings and all that kind of stuff. And really, even with crowbar, I mean, I've been tuning to B since probably 1988. You yeah. know, like uh, before it was even crowbar. You know, before it was even the slugs. When Jimmy and I first started uh, doing it, when we were just the two of us, and then Todd came on board, um, we've been doing that, and mainly because of the Carnivore Retaliation record. And, you know, it was just something that we all, you know, thought we'd never heard anything that sounded like that, you know. Yeah. And we wanted, we said, okay, well, we can steal the tuning. We just got to make something original and we can't sound like them. But, uh, you know, it is, it is a huge influence. But so sonically, like with the tuning, you know, I looked at, at Kenny and, and he's like, just tune the fucking, you know, the E, and it's so great because when you plug into the amp and you hit an A chord, it sounds like fucking ACDC. It sounds like rock and roll. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a half a bass. Sure. You know, it, it's, it yeah. sounds like what the guitar was meant to be. That's funny. So it sounds yeah. like more classic rock stuff. Um, and, and I like that because that's something that's refreshing to me as well um, with this, with I Am is is that it's not drop tuned down you know super low uh and um we've yet to write anything fast and i don't really think that we're gonna even though 
Typo had a lot of fast parts, and Crowbar does as well. Um, I think we just, I think we we found what we're looking for and where we want to go with it. Yeah. And you know, I think that as we continue, we're bringing in different little elements here and there. We actually have one uh, right now. The working title is Etta James. It's more of a traditional bluesy type uh, triplet, like a swing kind of, okay. you know, kind of thing that that we came up with like really late one day um i think it was a day we had we had gone out to to phil and kate's on us on the saturday before halloween and i think that sunday night um we might it might have been the night that we kind of came up kenny had this little thing and i had this riff that was kind of hendrixy to me you know mm -hmm. and uh we kind of put them together and we're kind of like you know, we're still developing our sound, but that's bringing in a new element. It's just a classic 70s, you know, it could be a Robin Trower-ish thing or some bluesy Zeppelin T for one thing or something, yeah. you know. So, you know, there's no there's no rules and there's no there's really no ending. I mean, Johnny listens to a fuckload of funk music and you can tell in his playing. Um, that's funny. So you had, you had, you had a riff in mind... And I guess you weren't glued to any time signature, and somebody brings in something that is more along the lines of a, a, a blues swing, and you well, just kind I, of adapted to that. Mine was a that. swing also, but it was kind of a Hendrix, like, which, you know, <clears throat> um, and Kenny was, you know, when Kenny came up with, he had a, he started fucking around, he started singing, and I'm like, hang on i got an idea you know i got this thing that i came up with this morning and i did that morning yeah i'm sitting there and i take my phone i don't have like a home studio and i take my phone and i video myself just playing the guitar playing that riff three or four times and i'm like how's that riff go again so I, and then i showed it to him and he goes that's perfect you know yeah so um you know that, that one's still a work in progress even though we we i think we have it arranged i haven't heard it it's another thing i like to do is uh, create something, record it, listen to it a few times when Dwayne sends me sends it to me, and then just forget about it. It's funny because I, I interviewed him last year sometime. Dwayne? Yeah. And then uh, I interviewed Vinny LaBella not too long ago. Yeah. And, and Vin, Vinny, for his part, suggested when he when uh, he said that you wanted to interview him, he goes, yeah. I'm going to tell you what, brother, he goes, I highly suggest you do the interview. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, he's, man. He's awesome. I can't wait. You know, I haven't seen him since then, and that just goes to show you how how, how often I get out, which is never. But I haven't I was seen gonna, him in um, a while either. I, I thought but. he was going to be here. I thought he was going to be here. Um, I don't know if he knew we were getting together or not. But uh, I, I brought it up because both of them talked about, because I guess we were talking about the creative process and whatnot, and they talked about you in the studio. How was it working with you? in the studio and um <laughs> see to your pants basically it's yeah. like you don't know what you're gonna get you don't know what's gonna happen until it happens he said a band oftentimes doesn't know either kirk doesn't know either yeah. oftentimes and I, I you know like you were talking before about not knowing theory and things like that i feel like th those can be constraints do you know what i mean like if you're like the people would tell you that's not going to work. Why? Because of what they learned. You didn't learn that shit, so you think it might work. You know what I'm saying? Or if you don't have any kind of set guidelines or anything in mind when you walk in the door, it's whatever it is when you walk in the door. Yeah, I mean that's how I do, and I'm glad because it's true. When I go in, like lyrically, it's like I don't have a vocal melody. I got a, I got a one line of music and a few words. That's what they would tell. And it's like, okay, what about yeah. this? What about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Same thing with songs. I'll come in with one, you know, one simple riff, and then, like Dwayne, when Vinny started getting involved, he's like, what happens is the original idea goes away. Or it's still there, but it's buried under the mix. That's happened to me before. With the create yeah. creativity of what came, but when you have that one riff that sparks the create the creativity, it needed you needed that to get to, get to, the, to yeah. right yeah. to get to from A to Z. You needed A. It's like it's the foundation, that's you know. And yeah. but that's the part, like I was saying, that I love is the create. I love like, and I mean, me and Dwayne, I'm not even kidding. I'll come in 
with like say I got two two refs on guitar, mm. and then I look at my phone and it's fucking four fifteen, and by like five thirty, you know I've already uh, written another part and laid down uh, two guitar tracks, yeah. you know, and we have an arrangement. Yeah, in like an hour and fifteen minutes from from just two little ideas. Sometimes it's one idea. Kit, everything means something. You just got you got to hold it long enough until you can get it out. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Put yeah, it down. I mean, that's I like that. You know, that, that's a comp to me. That's a compliment that it's by the seat of my pants because it is. I don't know what I'm doing, and it's not. But the funny thing is, that's what I feed off of. I don't. It's not pressure. Yeah. It's that's the fun. That's the high. Exploration. You know? It's exploration, and uh, I mean, a, a good example. I love old vehicles. And I've always wanted to own one, but I wanted to do it only if I built it, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm sitting on. I've had a, a, a project truck for years and years, but it's because I've resolved to build it myself and not go drop it off at a shop and just and drive have them it do out. do it for you, exactly. But it's the same principle. It's not music, but it's yeah, the same yeah. principle. No, it it's like, it you know, you might only have a couple of things, but you know that something can be done with it because you get you have that vision and that's all you need is that vision. Yep. Do you um, do you consider um, I am to be sort of in the same part of your life, not genre, anything to do with music, just do you expect it to play the same role in your life in that it is a collaborative that is not the centerpiece of your musical life? Um, I mean, it's like I, people sometimes ask, how do you juggle all of these projects? And I said, I found out a long time ago that I have to mentally and playing wise, because mm. they're all different styles of music to a degree, you know, I have to be in... Right now, I'm in I Am World. I'm not writing anything else. And I'm not doing guitar tracks or vocals or anything on anything, but I am right now. Okay. And then I will be in Crowbar World starting after the first of the year. Yeah. But I'll also be coming by on Wednesdays. is usually my day, you know, to come uh, lay guitar down, do some backing vocals or harmony stuff or whatever, and uh, do some solos and shit and... You know, as these songs, because Kenny, Kenny has a home studio in Staten Island uh -huh. that's completely compatible with what Dwayne does here. Okay. So, the rest of this record, Todd's got to come in town and, and lay his bass tracks, but the rest of this record is going to be Kenny sending vocal and his guitar tracks down here for me to do my guitar tracks um, and my vocal parts yeah. on it. And then for Dwayne, like he's mixing right now one of the tunes so um that one was you know was done i mean basically we do the drums and and johnny's a monster man and he works and he works so fucking fast it's unbelievable i don't know how he can remember the arrangement and everything so so well yeah and then you know he lays down the drums and and we you know from then you have the most solid foundation you can have you got you got a killer drum drum tracks to to the songs so from there we can we can change up little guitar things here and there or whatever yeah you know i mean that's part of the, the creativity of it as well as you're laying down tracks going maybe i should bend this like that or maybe i should change this to here but um basically you know right now i'm in i am world so yeah to kind of answer the question it's definitely i definitely hope and and see it being a very important part of my the rest of my musical journey in life you know yeah I, I guess in so much as like you pointed out or we agreed basically that uh down was never meant to be the the main project of any one person it was more of a collaborative and so i was asking with i am is it viewed by you and the others as a, a collaborative side project of these people and not the main thing like crowbar is your main thing oh it's, no it's it's definitely a, co a collaboration of all four of us i mean i use kenny as an analogy similar or, or as a an example of what i do yeah. with crowbar being in the sense that even though johnny's been killing it with these arrangements and he has yeah um kenny as the in my you know, and in, in my opinion, is a lead vocalist. Now I sang lead vocals on one last week, but yeah. but 
uh, and, and it brings something different to the table. But Kenny's, a, you know, the lead vocalist, so uh, to me, it's the same thing with Down. Phil is a lyricist, vocalist, and therefore he's, even though we all put, you know, put our spice in the gumbo. Yeah, these are, so these are speak, side these At are the side end of the day, he's, he's the arranger of the song because even if he didn't write any of the riffs on guitar, yeah. he still needs to hear it the way he envisioned it, yeah. you know, with the lyrics and this part's got to go here and this should be the outro and it should be a double chorus or whatever. Sure. You know, and as so in this band, I believe it, it's a true collaboration, but it's also more around what Kenny thinks arrangement-wise, but I, I, I'm finding that just like all the other, you know, just like all the bands, everybody is is very open to each other's suggestions. Yeah, and it's you a know, must. you start finding that, you know, the old saying, you know, two heads are better than one. Well, four heads are better than one too. You just can't butt heads. Yeah, <laughs> but when you all have a positive attitude and you, and it's not an ego-driven thing, and it's like, hey, we're all here for the same reason, which is to get the best fucking product sure. we can get yeah. at the end of the day. Then when you're all working, and we are in all of my bands, and when we're all working for the same end product, you know, and and uh, and and what we want to accomplish is all all you know the, on on the same same wavelength, so to speak. Um, then you're you got a winning formula, you know? yeah. And I'm been blessed and lucky enough, man, that all these bands are kick-ass bands, and sure, you know. And I I love I love doing what I do. Okay, so. Um, I just I wanted to find out uh, ballpark, any kind of schedule for I am yet, or is it too soon to say? Like too soon to say, but we're leaning pretty heavily toward instead of doing like one full length record. I think we're we're leaning toward doing two EPs. We already have two singles, right? And we would probably include these two. Um, Maybe one on each. I don't. I don't know. We we got to figure that. We got we got a few things to figure out. But the reason we're leaning toward doing that is really because uh, the the general public or the general you know the fan base of the of the the music fans that are out there, um, you know these days. I mean, it's really no different. It's just with technology, everything moves so fast. It's so dictating people, people the way forget people about release. you before you yeah. even fucking know what's yeah. going on. And we're like, it's going to take twice as long to do twice as many songs. Why don't we do this? And then, you know, going into the fall or whatever, have the other, the other you know, thing, uh, other EP released, or maybe at the beginning of, you know, next year or something, and then maybe release it as one whole piece yeah. of work as well. Yeah. So there's a couple That's going to be a journey. That's going to take some time. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is if we... Doing it the way we do it is is very convenient and very it works well for everyone, um, but it is time consuming and that's the whole thing. Is if if we're gonna do six songs now and you know uh, we we have ten songs from the two sessions plus we have dreams always die with the sun and uh, cryptomnesia which was the one released on Black Friday. It's the latest video and single, uh, but. You know, we have enough material for two EPs. Some of these songs cool. are five minutes, five and a half minutes. Really? So we, I think that it's smartest to get something out and hopefully get on tour as a support act where we're not playing for an hour plus. Yeah. Because if we run into that problem right now, we're going to have to be doing songs that we know but nobody's heard because it's not released yet. Yeah. And, and or... A few cover songs of other bands, you know. I feel like fun. I was giving away too much too soon. Like, yeah, too, well, I, you know? I mean, that's why it's like you know. I think the smartest thing is, is you know, we're already on. If you include Cryptomnesia, he's he's mixing song two. Kenny's doing vocals on song three right now. I've already done vocals on another one, mm -hmm. and my guitar tracks, my rhythm tracks on that one. So that's four songs already. Yeah. So if we can get, you know two more done leading up to hopefully before I'll leave with Crowbar February 21st for Ireland and in the UK um, but hopefully we can get the majority of that done by then you know yeah um, then we'll be we'll be looking good yeah that's funny I hadn't really um, 
contemplated those things until now um when you're sitting on a bunch of material um i've always so i've always felt like the way people are releasing things now is dictated by the algorithms on streaming right and that's why nobody wants to put out a full-length album anymore right but you like you pointed out one of y'all's is like five minutes long one of the bands I recently interviewed, they're going to come out with a three-song EP, and each one of them's like eight to ten minutes long. Yeah, I mean, you still and get that was that's that might be like the one untouched artifact of yesteryear, you know, of of yesteryear uh, music is that the the algorithms the algorithms are not fucking that up for us. We can still have our you know eight to ten minute, five seven minute long oh sure song. It, it, no harm, no foul. You know. Yep. I mean, it just depends on the style you play and what you're looking for. I mean, um, it's like the songs tend to be like you think it's only like man, that's only a, probably like three minutes, and they're like yeah, it's five minutes and forty one seconds, and we're like whoa, just works. but it's good when it yeah. moves by that quickly. It means it's not redundant. It's not boring. It's enough going on to kind of like. Okay, I could listen to that again because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Let me see what I can get out of it. You need a strong time. bridge too. Yeah, this is exactly. not a ten-minute jam. You know? What yeah, I'm saying? I mean, I, it's you know, <laughs> none, none of my bands are really jam bands. Right. I mean, we are, but we're not. You know. Sure. But, you know what I mean? All right. So we got a, we got an idea towards the. You're going to be sprinkling stuff out th throughout the course of next year for I Am. Yeah, it's gonna be I mean, singles. as far no, I don't think any more singles. Though. That's kind of like the whole no? thing. Okay, is if we include Cryptomnesia, which I think is would be my my best uh, thing, or even Cryptomnesia with Dreams I Always Die with the Sun, and then Kenny's singing one as we speak. I already sang another one. That's four. If we got two more, we can get that done. And you know, after yeah. the holidays, we can get that knocked out in uh, in a month or something. And. Uh, Get, we got to get Todd in town to do his bass, but let Dwayne get the mix, and you know, and you know, we're looking at something not too terribly Spring. far in the future. Fall, uh, summer maybe. Okay, y'all gonna do any physical product? Yeah, I mean, we have physical singles, but we're gonna. It'll be vinyl and okay, cool. cassette, yeah. uh, and cassette? CD. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we do cassette as well. Vinyls is so much Resurgence. bigger. It's way bigger yeah. than CDs now. And I mean, I'm telling you from touring alone, when you have, it, people don't even care. It's like the local opening band, and this is no, no uh, you know, this is nothing negative against them or anything, but people just want fucking vinyl. Yeah. They're, they'll come in and the band already played and they'll buy uh, two of their three vinyls or something just to have vinyl for their and collection. Shit. It's great, though. It's a great thing because yeah. it's kind of like we're getting back some of what we lost, you know, where yeah. we don't make money if you don't buy the physical product. We don't yeah. make money off of Spotify, you know? No, no. I think uh, more of that's coming to light uh, in the recent past. But you know what's cool, too, is uh, it, it's kind of... It isn't, it isn't. It's, it's kind of self-supporting in that the resurgence in vinyl's popularity has allowed you to do things you included things like come out with press color uh vinyls exactly. and stuff we you do know that. We and do put more into three it. and four different colors and, yeah you know now they got splatter things and multicolor things and and it's cool because it's good i mean at the end of the day man it's you know i want something more than a fucking uh, digital file on my phone or my computer. You know, I want me, a physical product. It you know? kills me. Like I, before we started recording, I told you I was an audiophile. I've got albums. I've got stacks from here to that wall, and eight tracks and tapes and all those other things. But with the albums, it's like a fucking event to me, dude. Yeah. I'll go in my den. I'll pick out a stack eight or ten <clears> or twelve. Go pour myself some bourbon. Go to my garage. And, and flip on a record and then t check it out, you know? And I've always said this, and it sounds like um, some weird freak or some shit, but I'm like, they were there when it happened. They, yeah. got, a, they got a smell to them. They, they, I could go on for days, like, why yeah. vinyl? I'll tell you why. Because it's the real... You see what I'm saying? It's the real thing. And it, I think it's great when I see people uh, posting up articles about how uh, streaming doesn't pay any artists. I want them to vilify streaming, even though we're all guilty of using it. If it left tomorrow, I'd be like, "Good riddance," because I know what it does on the back end, and I don't yeah. think I don't think a lot of fans realize how it affects artists on the back end. And I'm glad that's coming to light now. You know, 
And I mean, it's good because, you know, like a positive note of it, I understand why people want to put, you know, a thousand songs on their fucking phone or whatever. You yeah. Know, for while they're, you know, uh, driving around or they're at work or whatever, they can listen on a Bluetooth or on their stair car stereo yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's hella I get it. But, you know, if, if you really love it that much, go buy the physical product, too, and then you got something you can enjoy, like you said, go in your garage with a fucking glass of bourbon and sit back and chill yeah. and enjoy it for what it was meant to be, not just, you know, but it's heading, you know, as, as crazy as it is, there's a lot of positives in the in the business right now to, well, the negatives, right? The negatives have always outweighed the, posi outweighed the positives as far as being the musician trying to make the money that you deserve yeah it's not the but easy road that's for no damn sure. no it's the <laughs> you know it's just really stupidest route yeah. you can take yeah it's like be on the other side you know right on the business side of it but um you know all in all i mean that with the resurgence of the vinyl thing man it's really helping so that's good um back to uh i, I guess we were kind of talking about um schedules uh in general um I wanted to let your fans know what they could look forward to in 2024 that, that might be coming out or that you can see uh, uh, in the distance is coming around. I mean, first thing I would like to get out is is this second solo record because it's been wrapped up since the summer of 23, and we're just trying to figure out the correct label and or outlet distribution-wise or whatever that to do it with. Okay. Um, but... And expecting an EP from I Am, and it's about to get back in the crowbar and and down writing world for both both of the, both bands. So, um, like I you know said, man, the machines are always moving, and that's sure. that's the they can never come to a stop. Something's got to be going on with all these bands at one time for me. Sure, you know, to make me happy and just to make it to make it work, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the first thing will be your second solo. And uh, they can also um, look to see some things from I Am, you said mid-year or summer next year? I'm thinking like about a summer That's or something, cool. you know. All right. I'd like to get the solo out. I don't want them to conflict and make each other Compete knock each heads. Other? Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, I yeah. want to get the solo That's is not gonna ready be to be do, done. Man. Well, yeah. That's a lot of material. Right. I know. And, you know, I mean, but it, it, it will find a way to make it work. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for you your got time. It, Thank Definitely you appreciate much. it. It was it was really my pleasure, man. Awesome. Check it out. We all pretty much start off like jam bands. We get together, we push our souls out to the speakers. We look around the stage and read off of one another and you know, after so much time, we know where the next person's going. Aside from those connections, we build connections with the fans, and that means the world to us. That's why listeners like yourself are so important to us. We'd love to have you back, so hit the button and follow the show. You can also support this show by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash New Orleans Music. That's buymeacoffee.com slash New Orleans Music. And remember, you can find music videos, albums, articles, and interviews with bands like my own, Pocket Chocolate, on neworleansmusicians.com. Thanks for listening.